right. In theory, we're live. So you spent some time in Canada. You you went to in Toronto. Oh yes, <laughs> and I I attended my graduate school there, and it was that was a long time ago, more than twenty five <laughs> years ago. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. At right. which which school? University of Toronto. Yes, it's uh, in Toronto. That's a university on uh, north of the uh, uh, city of Toronto. It's called York University. Okay, so, York University. Uh, so there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm in Western Canada, so I'm I'm on Vancouver <laughs> Island. I don't know. If you oh, ever, I see. I yeah. see. I, I see. don't know if you ever made yeah, it been out. In one, yeah, I've been in Vancouver twice, you know, before. It's a beautiful city. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm on the island, so it's like mm. near Victoria mm. on Vancouver Island. So, mm. all right, let's get started. Hi, everyone. I'm Fraser Kane. I'm the publisher of Universe Today. I've been a space and astronomy journalist for over 20 years, and I like to bring you behind the scenes to talk to some of the researchers who are working on the concepts that we talk about all the time. And today, I am uh, delighted to be joined by Dr. Jonathan Jiang, who comes from NASA JPL. Welcome. Okay, thank you. Yes. Uh, so, so who are you? What do you do? Well, and so I'm a scientist at JPL, you know, and so I'm actually talking to you. I cannot represent JPL. I, I just represent myself. And so, <laughs> sure, no problem. And so no, we if are JPL's doing, listening. Uh, it's just me, and Jonathan, right, right. just yes, yes, yeah, over a beer, okay. talking about crazy ideas. Sure, yes, and yeah. I'm actually uh, a manager in a group, and uh, you know, cause uh, the Earth observing satellite. We have a uh, two satellite in orbit. One is observe the cloud. Another is observe the aerosols. Aerosol is a pollution on the surface. And uh, so that's what we do and, uh, every day. At JPL, actually, we are doing and, uh, something called end-to-end. -end. And, uh, and so we designed the satellite. And uh, you know, our contractor launched the satellite. Then we analyzed the data. And so, and and so which uh, are the satellites that you're working with? OK. And the one is called uh, MISER. It's called uh, Multi-Angle Imager for, uh, for, for Aerosol Studies. Another is called a cloud set. A cloud set is uh, to observe the cloud, and uh, so so there's uh, you know the scientists and uh, uh, in my group is uh, working for these two satellites. Yeah, right, right, um, and and so like that's your day job, but mm. but you can't resist uh, working on a whole bunch of other papers. I mean, you have uh, when I last checked, you have two hundred and twenty papers to your that you've contributed on. Right. Um, and you spend a lot of time thinking not only about aerosols and, and the methods of, of detecting them, right. but, right. I, you know, more philosophical concepts like why are we seem to be alone in the universe and what does the future hold for human <clears throat> space exploration? Um, so there's sort of two, actually there's like three papers, fairly recent papers that I think are, are really interesting, but mm. the one that you worked on that I saw just a couple of days ago was getting a sense of what the future of human space exploration looks like across the solar system. And you've right. gone way beyond the moon and Mars to think about what the future really, really holds. What, mm. what why, why did you work on this? What, what was the idea for this paper? What, what caused okay. you to talk about this? Okay. So, and uh, this is a very interesting subject. And uh, a little more than two years ago, Steve Hawking passed away, okay, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, turned 19. And so Steve Hawking visited Pasadena quite a few times, you know, uh, in one of the talk, he think, and uh, humanity cannot live forever. And 
for some reason, he believed we only have about 1,000 years left, maybe only 200. Why? If you look around, and so there's a lot of problems facing us, you know, and so people, people talk about the great filters. And so there are lots of people think the great filter is, be, is, is, is before us, it's not behind us yet. Now, and so you know there's a Fermi paradox. Okay, there's 400 billion stars and uh, in the galaxy, trillions of galaxies in the universe. Why not nobody visit us? So a little bit more than a year ago, and uh, uh, I and my colleagues published a paper. We did a simulation to see, hey, and uh, not only the question of how many civilizations in the galaxy, but how long they can survive, okay? So there's uh, many factors limit us. You know, for example, and, uh, the sun cannot live forever, okay? There's a supernova explosions. If you're too close, and uh, it's in danger. Maybe asteroid hitting the Earth. Okay, maybe, uh, uh, maybe the climate change. Okay, it's, and uh, but many factors, you know, happens in a long time scale. For example, and uh, in one billion years, maybe our sun is is uh, is become too hot. And so, uh, but in the computer simulation, we discover one thing, which is astronomy. It's called the self destruction rate. Mm-hmm. If we play the equations, we and we know the density of the stars. Uh, we know their evolutional time scales and things like that. We and so, uh, and so we know the life may take billions of years to appear. There's evolution. Uh, there's, there's evolution of human life. Things like that. But if the self-destruction rate, let's say zero point zero zero one percent, is dangerous to us, if you check the internet, say doomsday's clock, you are fine. Wow, and uh, the chances to have a nuclear war every year is about 0.27%. And uh, now, and uh, uh, so this is a danger. So, so in the computer simulation, we identify the most impactful factor limit the lifetime of civilization and uh, its self-destruction rate. If the self-destruction rate says 0.1%, then perhaps in the galaxy, nobody's older than us. So that's the Fermi paradox. You think about ourselves. We are smart. We have a modern technology. We have physics. But we are not able to travel to the stars to visit another civilization. Why? And uh, we are trapped on this tiny rock with limited resources. Maybe in 200 years, there's another Einstein discovered a new physics. Okay, we can travel to stars through the wormholes. Oh, we right. develop modern technology. We do that. But can we survive that long? We don't know yet. So, so that is the triggering question forced me to think, okay, Steve Hawking said we have 200 years left, but uh, in order to survive, we need to move, maybe migrate and uh, outside the earth, but can we do that? If we do that, how long it's going to take to us and uh, to do that? It is very difficult to estimate, but uh, we can use the historical data the speed of technology advancement and, uh, and the, 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 the speed of economical development, things like that, we can try to estimate when we can, you know, and uh, to do that. So this is all the motivation behind. And uh, fortunately, when I talk to my colleagues and, uh, you know, talk to my community, you know, attending international conference, many people interested. So, hey, so we work together. And to come up with this paper's right, estimate, right? And it, yeah. it, it, it's interesting that that sort of line yeah. of thinking follows mm. a similar 
um, like when you think about, say, when will humanity become a Kardashev one civilization mm. or mm. when will we build our, our Dyson sphere? Um, you, you just have to take historical energy use and plot it yeah. as a exponential graph and you'll get to a um, date in the future when our energy use will match the total amount of energy that's falling on planet earth. And a few thousand years later, our energy use will match all of the energy that is being emitted by the sun. Now we don't know what it's going to be and we don't know how we're going to use it. And we don't know any of that, but if the historical rise of energy can just be projected into the future. So is okay. it like the same, is it the same technique you're looking at, the speed of migration, the speed of technology, and then just plotting that out into the future for what that may hold for okay. expansion into the solar system. It's not that simple. Uh, for example, we can and so say to estimate how we can achieve uh, type one civilizations. We just cannot only focus on energy burning rate. Okay, say if, but uh, for example, if we burn all the fossil fuel, we are going to destroy the atmosphere because the global warming, things like that, then we yeah, death before we reach type one. So, and so we need to balance in our study, we need to balance this. How much fossil fuel we are going to burn and how much we can and, uh, you know, and uh, increase energy consumption without destroying atmosphere to do that. We take recommendations from IPCC, from international and, uh, and uh, uh, climate agreement. So there's a limitations how much mm, you know coal and fossil fuel you can burn. So we take that into the equation, and uh, at the same time, how about the re reusable energy and uh, and uh, nuclear energy? How fast those new energy can be developed? So we also put that into the equation to estimate. So actually, in our prediction, you will see and uh, the fossil fuel consumption is going to be decreased, but the reusable new energy is going to increase. So balance all this thought, we have our best estimate and uh, how much energy consumption level we can reach that levels. And so of course, if we burn old fossil fuel, we can reach maybe in 20 years, 20 years, but we cannot do that. And so very similar things when we estimate and uh, how, uh, and what time we needed, the time frame for human exploration into space. We cannot just say, hey, we use you know, the speed and, uh, and have computer chips, we can do that. No, and we have to co consider economic impact, how much money we have, and uh, what is the economic and uh, speed of economic development speed. So we put that into the equation to have our best e-space. So this is what our models is for. Right. And, uh, and uh, sorry, another similar one that I've seen as well is how mm. long it's going to take for humanity to... <clears throat> to utilize all the resources in the solar system. And that's right. Yes. You know, again, if you just sort of take the gross domestic product of the earth of planet earth mm. and a fairly, you take mm. a reasonable GDP, like 2% and you just keep scaling that up into the future. Again, in a few hundred years, we are harvesting resources across the solar system. It's surprising how quickly compounding exponential uh, increase dramatically mm. changes yeah. Or what we what we do are, are those I mean, it, it feels like those factors, you know, how quickly we switch over to, from fossil fuels to renewable, whether or not we implement nuclear for baseload power. Mm -hmm. Those are important in the near term, but in the medium to far term, it's all just 
hazy. Like you can't make any specific predictions about the technology that will be used. It's you just have to trust the exponential growth curve and figure that humanity will figure it out. As long as we can avoid the that the fossil fuel global warming great filter, Mm. then then we're off to the we're off to the races. Right. Yes, you are absolutely right. Those kind of predictions is not certain is our best estimate or something called educated estimate. Okay. And so part of the reason we work on this is to provide, to encourage people to think, to discuss, and so to think about it. And so we are citizens of the earth. And so now last year, actually, I saw a photograph taken by JPL and on the surface of the Mars. And so it's photograph of the earth. You, you look at this photograph, it's a tiny dot surrounded by darkness, okay? If, you, if you're on the earth, you look at the Mars, it's, it's tiny dot. And so, 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 so it's actually very thought provoking. If you look at this thought, everybody, you and me, we are on this tiny dot. And, yeah. and as I said, and so the physics says right now, we are trapped on this tiny dot with limited resources. Okay. Now, assuming if there's any alien beings, you know, come to visit us, okay, it's tiny dot. Okay. They observe us. I think their conclusion is very likely to be humans are very stupid. Right? <laughs> it may not Why? be wrong. That's... <laughs> yes. You know, and, so, and one thing they found is humans behave like children. Okay. And not only individual behave like children, country, two countries behave like children, two countries are neighbors. Okay. One country believes that, another country believes that they fight. They cannot get along. You know, they fight yeah. each other. You know, so, uh, so, and, uh, you know, and last month, not this month. This month, there's a military parade, you know, and uh, and uh, and uh, in Russia, you know, and uh, and uh, maybe in in October there's military uh, parade in China or something. You see those two, uh, soldiers who step over the square. They carry weapons, and there's a trucks carry missiles. Those missiles carry nuclear bombs, and uh, you see. Interesting thing is the people watch the parade, the audience, they feel proud. Wow, so powerful. Mm-hmm, Aliens mm-hmm. don't understand why, why we feel proud because we are watching weapons to kill ourselves. Yep. Mass destruction is not to kill animals, it's not for hunting, to kill ourselves. They feel proud. Such behavior tell us we are children. We are not grown up yet. Yep. <laughs> we are not grown up yet. Yeah, and, uh, and so, uh, and it's very interesting. And when I submit a paper published, it's called Beacon in the Galaxy. We try to send a message in the in the deep space. At least we we think about it. Although we don't have a plan. I got emails, all sorts of emails say attack me, say, hey, you should not send this message, it's danger to us, things like that. Yes. That kind of thinking actually is human thinking because humans are children. We fight each other, we think aliens are fighting each other. But uh, I remember what Carl Sagan said years ago. If we discovered a message from the deep space, if somebody is visiting us, it's good news to us. Why? We learn they survived. That's lesson to us. People always so, ask me that. If if we <laughs> if I could ask a question to yeah. an alien civilization, yeah. what would it be? And I would it would just be like, how did you do it? How did you do it? Yeah. Yes. So. One day in the future, if we are able to travel to the stars, it means we are grown up. We are not children anymore. We are in peace. <laughs> and so, 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 so right now, I don't see any light. We can't do that. And so we just 
behave like children all the yeah. time. We're short sighted. <laughs> so, 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 what did your, <laughs> what does the math say for the expansion of humanity throughout the solar system over time? Okay, and so. Let's say if we don't destroy ourselves. Sure. Yeah. No, like everything's going to okay. go fine. We're yeah. going to so continue. In the year, in the I think, in order to travel to the stars, approximately 200 to 300 years from now, we are able to do that. At least to Proxima B <laughs> and, uh, and uh, Proxima Centauri. We should have the technology to do that. Now, and so NASA actually had plans to uh, and so land an astronaut on the moon again in uh, 2028, onto the Mars again, and so, uh, in 2038, okay? So think about the Jupiter's moon, probably that's doable in about, uh, in about 50 years from now. Like humans okay. to Jupiter's moons in about 50 years. Yes, and, uh, and uh, it's, oh, I say it's doable, you know, and uh, based on the, uh, the speed of technological advancement, right? And uh, uh, it is doable. So that's roughly the timelines are. So you think about the travel to the stars, and so in two hundred to, to three hundred years at, at least, we can launch that mission, and uh, it's doable. And so assume we can survive that. Long. So, so I just want to understand, like, you know, you're you're not thinking about specific technologies you're not thinking about fusion rockets versus antimatter drives versus anything mm -hmm. what are, what is the underlying um uh i guess what is the the, the math that you're using to okay. to to kind of predict this that you know jupiter by 50 years saturn by whatever number Mm -hmm. The outer planets, you know, Uranus, Neptune, etc. What is the uh, so sort of explain where I'm kind of going with this, right? Like, like humans went to the moon in 1969 and set foot on the moon. Right. I would argue that they did that early, that they they went to the moon by spending too much money, more than they could afford in the in the annual budget of the United States. They did it as a show of strength, as a show of military, as you know, soldiers goose stepping across the square, but also a, a feat of science and engineering and showing the capability that of, of the United States. But but now here we are in in 2022. And going to the moon is achievable on a fraction of the budget, well within the capabilities of NASA using technology mm -hmm. off the shelf. All of this technology has been just constantly bringing the prices down and going to the moon is very feasible. Mm. Now, if we have this conversation again and say, say we didn't go to the moon, and we talked in 50 more years, going to the moon would be easy, be trivial, that for some something would happen, the technology would come down. So I guess as we think about going to Mars, as we think about going to Jupiter, whatever, there is too soon, you're spending way too much money, it's too dangerous, it's too risky, there's entirely feasible, and then there's trivial and and okay. what is the math that drives those okay. too soon tr right. doable trivial okay and so if we are not going to do it if us is not going to do it somebody's going to do it you know like china yeah India. i mean there's probably okay. five separate right. groups thinking okay. about so, going to the moon this time no 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 okay so 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 i gave you a little background of its potential growth okay and so uh, this is uh, good things, the bad things about that. Think about the life on the Earth, okay? And so uh, Earth's about 4.5 billion years old. 
the first life appears maybe three billion years ago, okay, the single cell, okay. It took about a billion years to have a multi-cell, okay. Took about uh, another half billion years to have simple life in the oceans. Talk about hundreds of millions of years, you know, to have something come out from the ocean on the land as a mammal, okay. And so then, you know, you think about the human, okay, our ancestors, maybe a million years ago, mm-hmm. but it took a million years for ancestors migrate from East Africa, you know, and to other parts of the world very, very slowly, okay. Now think about modern human, it's uh, not more than 100,000 years ago, but written language start to appear maybe 5,000 years ago, maybe 10,000 years ago. Okay, at that time frame. Now, the language of mathematics probably happens only about 1,000 years ago. Okay, and, so, and, so, and so before that, they all philosophers. And our universe can be understood by mathematics. Without mathematics, we don't know, say, say things like black holes, like you know, cosmic expansion, things like that. Now, after that, there's a language is called computer language. It's this binary. This happens probably a hundred years ago, to the most. To, uh, to the most. So you see the speed mm-hmm. of development is accelerating. It's, it's, it's accelerating. You talked about artificial intelligence. It may, it may happen. There's an AI had a similar IQ to us maybe in the next 10 years. Yep. Okay. So something, the, one of the mystery is acceleration. Something is accelerating. Do we accelerate to uh, extinction? Do we accelerating into something? Now in the mass, if something is stable, okay, something is stable, you don't see any accelerating trend. If something is accelerating, it means something you are down for, you know, you are, you, are, you are hit a cliff, maybe a slope. You're accelerating into something. <laughs> so this is very thought-provoking. Are we, are we face extinction or are we face something for us become, right. become something, you know? Uh, now, now, okay, this is the general bi- background. So in terms of mathematics, you look at the historical data, you work out the formula, it's exponential growth for everything, okay? And uh, human advancement. Think about the technology, the speed of computer chips and, uh, and the speed of our development, there's accelerating curve, accelerating curve. Of course, we don't know the future, okay? But we can predict based on our current trend, this acceleration, technology development, economic de- uh, development, human co- uh, cultures, we can always predict, okay, something is going to happen. When? Okay, we can have a rough, rough estimate. So this is what is the mathematical uh, thinking is behind. Yes, but I guess, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm not, I'm not sort of getting this across, but, it, I, but there, are, there are underlying factors that are growing exponentially and <clears throat> and those factors in terms of technology getting faster of energy use becoming 
greater, mm-hmm. of, et cetera. And I'll, I'll give you sort of another example and see if we can kind of triangulate on this. So I'm sure you're familiar with this idea of the weight calculation. Mm, yes, right. right? <laughs> yeah. you, do you send a spacecraft or do you wait for better technology and then send the spacecraft? Because nothing would be more embarrassing than to be on the spacecraft and watching the next generation fly past you in the faster spacecraft. Yeah. And so when you calculate the amount of energy that it would just take to take mass from the Earth to mm. Alpha Centauri or Proxima Centauri, mm. and you you consider it as you know not too soon, not when you're spending half of the of the economy of the entire planet, you're spending a reasonable amount. Say you're spending one percent right. of GDP. Like there's a you know, yeah. and if you just wait ten years, like if you're if you're going to spend fifty percent in mm. 2050 or sorry 20 2500 and then you wait 10 years and 25 i don't even know how to say these numbers 2510 now mm-hmm. it's only one percent of gdp and so if you just wait mm. then it makes more sense and you and you can have use that energy use and i guess i just feel like in the paper that you did the expansion of humanity throughout the solar system falls out not because you're predicting a specific fusion mm. drive you're you know, there are these underlying mathematical factors that are rising at an exponential rate. Mm. And they are and and the date of humanity reaching Saturn falls out of this math. And I'm just wondering, what are the what are the exponential growth curves that are feeding into this model that you are developing? And I'm, you know, specifically, I'd like to know about the solar Mm. system. And then we could talk about about, you know, other star systems. Okay, and so one factor is, uh, there's a few factor. One is the human population. The human population growth is, is you can see, is more than exponential. And so between 1800, humans' population is below 1 billion. You know, below 1 billion for thousands of years. <laughs> it's always stable. But after 2015, in, and within 200 years, now we are more than 8 billion. <laughs> And so, and so if you see that the curve, okay, and so, and so of course it slowed down a little bit, but it's hard to see where to slow it down, okay. Now, if let's say if one percent of people think about zero point zero zero one percent of people think about space space exploration, okay, this is already a lot, right? And so this is already a lot, and also the economic expansion, and also the speed of technology development, and so it just no way to slow this things down. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, 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 so, 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 and so, and so for that prediction, of course, you can uh, think about medicine, government regulations, you know, and so, uh, and so, and maybe it, and so the impact of economics. And, you know, so, so, so this kind of prediction is, is you can always make. And so, but, one of, I should say, I'm currently working on another paper and uh, I haven't finished yet. And, uh, you know, to simulate whether or not and, uh, there's, there's a dangers, you know, we can destroy ourselves, okay? I mentioned the nuclear war, okay? And, uh, you know, the percentage of, and, uh, and uh, you know, and so it's, maybe it's very low, okay? Another factor may be asteroid hitting the earth, okay? Between the Mars orbit and Jupiter's orbit, there's uh, millions, hundreds of millions of asteroids, okay, 
It's called asteroid belt. And Jupiter is moving around the sun, Mars or around the sun. So there's a gravitational perturbation and it's push and pull. So sooner or later, some of the asteroids maybe leave the maybe leave their stable orbit moving close to us. And so you see in the news, and every now and then there's uh, asteroids, you know, sp uh, and so skip by the Earth. You know, chances of hitting the Earth may be 0.0001%. Okay. It's, it's low. And also pandemic. You know, and so, and so fortunately, the current pandemic death rate is very low, okay? And so, but in the history, and so there was a pandemic death rate is very high. Fortunately, during that time, we don't have air travel, so it's localized. How about the next pandemic? And, so, and we don't know. And also artificial intelligence. If uh, 10 years later, 20 years later, the IQ of uh, and AI is higher than us, you know? And so, sure. and so, uh, so my next paper is going to be to estimate. Okay, let's say we need another 200 years and 300 years, uh, we can travel to the stars, but uh, can we destroy ourselves? What is the possibility we can destroy ourselves before that? Okay. Right. And using computer, you can, and you can estimate. You see the, and, uh, and uh, you know, the chances we destroy ourselves maybe is low, 0.001%. Let's say, you buy a lottery ticket, the chances of a win is very yeah. low, but you buy the lottery ticket every day for millions of years, you're going to win. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 and so sooner or later, we are going to kill ourselves. <laughs> the question is when? Sure. Yeah. So, and, and like, like I, I, like I totally understand the, the line of argument, right? That there are many yeah. existential threats yeah. that face humanity yeah. from asteroid yeah. strikes to artificial intelligence to right, right, some, right, yes. some script kitty in a bio is in his, you know, uh, mm. his little bio lab making mm. viruses that can, can wipe out humanity. Um, and, and I, you know, I guess I got the impression from your paper that the, like, obviously there are plenty of, you know, like you're, you don't need to justify why we should go to space. This channel right, is all yes. about that. Right, and right. all of my audience is 100% on board with let's go to space. They want to know, you know, we're not the people that you need to convince that this is important. We are, yeah. you are preaching to the choir here. Right. It is the, it is the, is the, what is the reasonable rate that this happens? What is the, you know, what is the, okay. like, like, oh, let me try this again. Um, you, like, I think people are shocked at the results of exponential growth that we saw with coronavirus. We see with all of these things that, that mm. we instinctively are unable to appreciate what happens with exponential growth and how much it dramatically changes our, the, the future. And, you know, that whole idea of you have like a, you know, you have a pond and you have some kind of mm. lily pad that is growing across the pond. And on day 100, if it doubles every day on day 100, it's full and day 99, it's half full. And so you don't realize that suddenly the whole thing is covered in, in lily pads. And so this idea of exponential growth that, that we're, as you say, we're thinking about nuclear war and we're thinking about, we're thinking about mm. our daily, you know, inflation. We're thinking about all these things day to day, but the underlying forces okay. of exponential the growth underlying. just continue on and they will care, you know, again, assuming we, we, we avoid, we dodge all of the scary things. There are these underlying forces, these underlying accelerating exponential okay. forces that will no. carry us into places that make, in my opinion, traveling to 
Proxima Centauri inevitable. Like, right. like not like it's right. something that we should try and figure out and figure out a way to do that, right. that we will get to a place where, where someone goes, Oh, you know what? No one's ever done it. So I'm just going to fly to Alpha Centauri because I can, because it's mm. relatively inexpensive in the same way that we can now fly to Europe okay. because it's relatively inexpensive. And I guess I'm trying to just understand that exponential, that exponential okay. growth that, that you're we, considering. I'm considering is this. Okay. And it is. We need to think about right now. I think, go back to the question about grid filters, okay? Fermi paradox. And uh, I think the grid filter is, is, is us. Mm-hmm. We are the grid filters of ourselves. We are heading towards that. <laughs> and uh, now look at this background you have on your background. There's a thin layers of atmospheres are there. I talk about this tiny dot. We are not living on the center of this tiny dot. We are on the surface. It's very, very thin. Everybody living on, let's say, all the life we know in the universe, plus minus one kilometers on, 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 on that. And we are destroying this atmosphere. We, we, we pollute it. Yeah, you're <laughs> watching. You've got, the, you've got the telescopes to see it happening. Yes. So, so anyway, and so now the underlying thought the urgency is and uh, like steve hawking is thinking we got to think about that, <laughs> and we got to think about that when so whether or not we can survive how long we can survive how long we can avoid these great filters i think it's the time to ask these questions mm-hmm. and so, so that so 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 of course those math models had uncertainties and so we have limited data to the future and so, and so we just estimate the best we can do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like before the rocket launch, okay? We have limited amount of data. Whether or not we should push the button, you know, to launch it, you know, there's always a danger, maybe crash, but, but we have to do it. <laughs> so, uh, we have to do it. What is the likelihood to succeed, to survive? Right, yeah. And so, um, and so like, let's fast forward, say, 100 years from now. 20 we'll go like we'll go by the century so what you know assume again assuming we avoid all of the great filter threats it's Mm. the year 2100 how far do you anticipate humanity will have spread across the solar system okay in my view we we not never happened and uh, for the mass migration of people. People talk about, Elon Musk talk about build a city on the Mars. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so the million people there. And I don't think it's going to happen. And, uh, and uh, it's not because of our techn- uh, technical capabilities. It's, it's again, back to the human behavior. You know, there's, uh, you know, and uh, as, you know, this piece of land, that piece of land belong to who, you know, <laughs> that's always fine. And also it's very expensive. Humans are very vulnerable. The Martian atmosphere's uh, surface, surface of the moon and so is dangerous to us. It's very, so that's why it's very expensive for us. I think in the future it's, it's easier for the robots to do that. Mm-hmm. Think about building a base of the moon. The current design is and to manufacture all the parts on the surface of the earth. Then 
uh, ship to the moon, the robots is going to do the assemblies to build a mother base first. Okay, then maybe human can move into the mother base uh, once it's built. Sure. Then from the mother base, gradually the robots will come out to build the children's base. So that's what expansions are. Sure. Okay. And uh, sim- okay, it's similar things to the Mars. So if I can guess, you know, 100 years from now, there are some populations and, uh, of humans on the Mars in the cities right on the mars and like at this point you've got you've got robot probes robots that are manufacturing everything that we require to make it as habitable as as possible yeah this is doable yeah and uh and uh yes and uh uh, people the majority vast majority of people is still going to be live on the earth Mm -hmm. okay if we can avoid climate change. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, again, yeah. I, you know, we've avoided all those things. We did it where, mm-hmm. you know, the aliens look at us and go, they're doing all right because they avoided all those things. They no longer yes. have wars. Everything is great. Right. And right. now we right. are now right. the, all of the, the good exponential growth curves are, are taking mm-hmm. hold and things are moving. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. within a hundred years, we've got permanent, habitation on and the key is the robots right the key is the key is the robots yes the robots so right you know 200 years where do you think we are by 200 years okay 200 years and uh now we need a breakthrough in physics and Hmm. it enable us to travel to the stars based on our current technology okay because the and uh, speed of light is the limit even the star closest to us and uh and uh, proxima centauri and uh, you know, uh, 4.3 light years away, it still need more than 10,000 years to reach there. Yes. Based on our current rocket technology. Okay. And uh, so, and uh, so, and so, you can launch a robot missions, you know, to travel to the stars, or you can launch an astronaut. But uh, you know, astronaut has to carry the wife, you know, children, you know, live yeah. there. The water, the food. So, 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 so now I bet. You know, and so we are going to have a breakthroughs in physics, and people and uh, physicists are working hard. You know, on the paper, it's not entirely unlikely we we travel and uh, through the wormholes, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know how to realize that we don't know yet. Okay, if yeah. and and uh, you know, I agree that a like a fundamental breakthrough in physics would help. Mm. Um, you know, it would bring reality in line with the science fiction fantasy that that we've all been watching you know star trek and and stargate and all of that kind of stuff mm. but even if a, a like a breakthrough in physics doesn't come about our ability to spread from star to star is still possible within the laws of physics you just need more time more energy Right to, or I guess more energy. Okay. Like if you can harness the power of the star to accelerate mm-hmm. your spacecraft, mm-hmm. then you know, then okay. maybe you need an extra hundred years to gather right. that right. much energy, okay. right? Uh, right, but not only the energy, and again, is the great filter in you know, our human behavior. Now, the Type One civilization, not only the energy level is ten to the power of sixteen, is Type one civilization means we can produce, consume that amount of energy, ten to the power of sixteen, and also don't destroy the Earth. Yes. 
Okay. So we are in peace with the Earth. Yeah. Again, we did it. We're, we made right. it. Okay, Everything's type great. Now, yeah. Type two civilization is we can harvest all the available energy in the solar system. We can not only live on the Earth, live on the Mars, the Moon, the Jupiter's Moon. So we are in peace with the solar system. As long as our sun survives, our sun survive, we are survive. Type three, type three civilization is we are in peace with the galaxy. We can travel across the stars, go to the galaxies. This need not only the energy consumption, probably we need breakthroughs in physics to make it easier. Otherwise, and I need to, I need to do another study to see if it's possible. Within current understanding of physics, let's say we can survive millions of years from now. And uh, is it doable? <laughs> and, uh, and why we think about that is because one thing, you know, the resources on the earth is limited, okay? And humans are very vulnerable. We need this atmosphere, this temperature to live, okay? And harsh environment and, and outside the earth, even on the Mars. And uh, so if we live on the Mars, uh, uh, in the end, we need to transform the atmosphere and uh, things like that across the vast distance. I'm pretty sure the robots can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. robots can do that millions of years uh, down the road. Humans can survive that long travel, and I need to think about that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we have thought. I mean, yeah. I guess humans have survived for millions of years. Right. Um, yeah. And so, and right. Have, oh, there, yeah. You're absolutely right. And you know, there have been, and, and think about crocodiles. So, so mm-hmm. species yes. can yes. live as long as they are hardy and, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and in our case, yeah, it it's, is it's, in our it's hands. Always, it's always amazed me. You know, 10 years ago, people talk about one trip to Mars. Okay. No coming back. Yeah. We did this before. You know, the people used to live in Africa. You know, when they migrate to another continent, no way back. Even most recently, you know, 18th centuries, Europeans come to North America. One trip, there's a one way. Okay, they live in North America, they develop. You know, yeah. and so in, in, in so people can do that. A one way trip to the stars, <laughs> right? And uh, and uh, you know, and so the the uh, what I'm saying is this: you know, the lifetime of humans is limited say to a hundred years. And our current technology, current physics says you need a, quite a few generations, you know, yes. and uh, in some transportations, you know, in order to reach there. But, but it feels like fundamentally mm. our, like here on earth, sure, mm. when, when humanity was leaving Africa and moving to other, mm. other continents, the places mm. they were going still had breathable air, water you could drink, animals That's you could right. hunt, plants that you could harvest you just had to learn which ones were poisonous and which ones were dangerous yeah but going to the moon going to mars going to other star systems they are going to be fundamentally inhospitable to human life that it's only our technology that will make these places habitable for us either in closed no. environments where we simulate everything or through terraforming. So is the, is the, I guess, is the indication that this is starting to happen when our robots get good at preparing places mm. for us to survive? 
Okay. Uh, you know, think about the Europeans com coming from the North America. The trip is takes about months. Okay. And so, and so, and so humans itself cannot do that. You need ships. Okay. Human need to build equipment, ship, you know, to do that. Again, it's months. Okay. And to so travel to the moon and to Mars. And yes, we need to build a ship. <laughs> it's, it's taking about not months, maybe a year. Okay. Now travel to the stars. You know, if humans in that, we need to build a ship. Now, unfortunately, the, the, the time scale is, is huge. <laughs> it's a, a thousand years. So, so that said, and so it's very difficult to us to survive that long because the limitation of our biology. So that, that is why we think robots is our cho right. children. Okay, they are going to do that. Now, now, I would propose to you that you're not being, you're not trusting in the math. Um, mm -hmm. like if you take, let's say you have a spaceship that carries a hundred settlers on a spaceship and you want to take it to Proxima Centauri and you mm -hmm. want to be able to take everything they need to be able to set up, you know, bring their robots or maybe the robots have already gone then, then, and you just, and you want them to be able to go within their lifetime. Say you want them to be able to make the journey at 50% the speed of light, mm. then that is a, you know, there is a mathematical uh, number that tells you the amount of energy that you're going to require to be able to make that journey at the speed that you want to be able to make it. It's a lot. It's an enormous, it's an incomprehensible right. amount of energy to move a, yeah. a yeah. 10 ton spaceship from earth to mm. Proxima mm. Centauri within two years, <clears throat> but it is a number. And if you then take that number and you compare it against the growth of energy use by humanity, those numbers will cross at some point. Mm. That, that at some point in the future, it's you know, okay. maybe maybe it'll be 400 okay, no, years, it. maybe it'll yes. be 800 years. There will be mm. a number when that number does cross. And mm. and so it's like, yeah. as long as you and, trust uh, in them, in yes, the, again, right. yeah. you know, assuming we, mm. we avoid all of the dangers mm. and we trust in the growth of, ex, you know, that we trust in mm. exponential growth, yeah. then all of these things that we can imagine will yes. almost inevitably happen. Mm. It's just a matter of of you know obviously it's details okay right i get it but, okay so, yeah yeah yeah. and so okay now i get it i actually have a student to work on that and to work on not um, your set to work on whether or not it's possible for humanity to reach type two civilizations it's going to be mathematical computer simulations to do that okay not including the factors you just said okay and uh, and uh, I think if we reach type two civilizations, okay, that am amount of energy you are talking about is no problem. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and uh, and we can do that. And uh, we haven't finished the simulations. Now, if you talk to me again sometime next year, this time I should have the result. And so it need a detailed simulation, not only calculate amount of energy available on the Earth. And, but also taking uh, consider human migration to the solar systems, okay, and so uh, uh, we can settle down to the solar systems. And so uh, my personal will and so tells me if the computer simulation is correct, it is doable. 
I don't have the timeline yet because mm-hmm. we haven't finished the simulations. And so my gut feeling is it will take uh, close to a thousand years. Yeah. But, yeah. but again, so, yeah. like a thousand yeah. years, yeah. when you think yeah. about like, yeah. like humanity has been around for a million yes, years. Yes, and yes. and a thousand years ago, we were in the Middle mm-hmm. Ages, and yeah. and life yeah. was short, brutish, yes. and, and cruel. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. a thousand years from now is a mm-hmm. blink of the eye. And yet, if you yeah. chart humanity's mm-hmm. growth forward, we will yeah. have we will in one thousand years ish, we will be harvesting all of the power from our yeah. star, and yes. we will be trivially sending spacecraft to mm. other star systems in in the kinds of short time frames that that we all would like to see in our in our science fiction and mm. and i think that doing okay. it to and i think and I, so i feel like the like the modern space exploration movement is sort of really focused on doing it too soon before that energy use before that before the the robots are ready i agree and the, I agree. it's it's yeah. the it's the robots that will you know when we have our self-replicating robots that are out there tearing asteroids apart building wonderful habitable space stations <laughs> for us to survive on that's right. when we know that mm. that this is coming true and that mm. but trying to go and live on mars and hide in a tunnel and and try to grow potatoes in your own poop is going to be is going to mm. be suffering it's it's going to be worse than living in antarctica times a thousand right right, right. and so i agree and so i think within a thousand years we're able to do that to yeah travel to the stars. and so it's going to happen anyway nobody can stop that yeah <laughs> so, because there's a pressure on us not only the pressure on the population, pressures of resources, and most importantly, and so our inspiration to go out. It's always, you know, life. One of the definitions of, I think about the virus, okay, they, they, they spread. And so this kind of, you call it inspiration. Human is the same. We want to spread. And so uh, no matter what, it is going to happen, you know, yeah. giving us thousands of years. And so, of course, I myself, Maybe Steve Hawking's influence. Think too much about can we survive that plant? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's of right. course. And and yeah. you know, I mean, we we always mm. need, but mm. it's like we always need to be worried about the risks yeah. that we face. So, but yeah. we but we also like, but then we risk. What if we? What if things turn out well? Right. Mm, yeah. We don't think about yeah. the what if everything so, goes great. Yes. So you are right. Actually, you just hit button of my inspiration to, to work on this project because I have, we, I, I bet you have, we have positive passions to the future. That's why we are doing it. And uh, I think in the positive side and uh, humanity will sooner, sooner or later to travel to the stars. And, uh, and uh, our children's children and uh, their grandchildren's grandchildren, <laughs> they are going to do it. Yeah. It, it it's funny. I, I like I, yeah. I have this conversation with people from some NASA and other places about about say Starship, and you know right now we're in start you know in the in the area where Starship hasn't launched and it hasn't proven mm. that it can be mm. a fully reusable mm. two stage rocket, 
But if it works, then you've got a rocket capable of lifting 150 tons to low earth orbit with a nine meter fairing for just a few million dollars per launch there that it would change everything about the way missions are designed and built. And yet everyone is so concerned, but that it's not going to work. Okay. That they, they don't think about like, what if it does? Like, how do you, like, like you're going to be busy coming up with a new atmospheric, um, modeling space satellite that can, that can be 150 tons and fit within a nine meter fairing. That is a complex job. And there needs to be some time spent to think about it. And I think it's just the same thing. That- uh, I fully agree. And so, okay, let me add to that on that. And my father told me, okay, when my father is a kid, okay, 1930s, yeah. my grandfather told my father, hey, and, so, and while you're grown up, they're going to be something like not train station, okay? It's called something called airport. You go to the airport, bring your luggage, you can fly to any other cities around yeah. the world. My father said, really? Nobody believed that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell my daughter, okay, why you grown up? Okay, yeah. that's going to be a spaceport. You, you, you take your luggage to go to the spaceport, and then that's a rocket to take you any place in the solar system. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. If yeah. it's not my daughter's generation, my daughter's granddaughter's generation. Yeah. yeah yes, it, it is going to happen. And, and yeah. it feels to me like you can you can predict these yeah. things mathematically. Yeah. You don't have to say how. Mm. And she'll, you know, and your daughter may go like how? And you're like, I don't know. But mm. but but the math says it'll happen. Yeah. That that yeah. the energy use will grow, our capabilities will grow, and yeah. you will be able to go to the spaceport it, and hop on your space plane and away you go. And you are absolutely right. The math is based on data, based right. on current understandings. If you take all those data to do the simulation, it's going to happen. And so because, and you know, scientific research, you have to base on the facts, okay? Not something come from the mind. You take all the facts, all the historical data you put in the model, you do the simulations. Well, you come up with a result. Of course, you can also uh, to analyze the uncertainties, the, the, the range of your predictions that's doable. And so, so, so based on that, the science and math put together yeah, it tells us it's going to happen. Yeah, and and I think okay. that you know we've seen this go the other way, mm. like at the very beginning of the pandemic with COVID, mm. scientists were saying this could kill a million plus people in the United States. This could kill tens mm. of millions of people around the world. This is really serious, mm. <clears throat> and nobody thought that was possible. Right, but the math, the yeah. exponential math underlying yes. the whole thing right. was was telling you how this would end. Yeah, and, right. And we yeah. are still following along the math, the curve of the math with yeah. kind of brutal this is, predictability. This is scientific prediction. Yeah. So yeah. prediction has to be, be based on the data, not from the mind again. Yeah. You know, people yeah. think, okay, that's not true. Okay. You're based on the data. That's the real predictions. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so answer your questions at the beginning. You know, based on the data we have, humans are going to land on the Mars, move to the Jupiter's moon within about 50 years from now. Yeah. Okay. Based on the based on the data, we are able to travel whether or not we can reach that to uh, Proxima Centauri 
okay, Proxima B to say two to 300 years from now, okay? Now, whether or not we can live on the stars should be about a thousand years from now. Amazing. Yeah. So, so, so if we trust the data again, nobody believes that, you know, even my boss. I do. Don't, don't believe worry. that. Yeah, okay. I so, do. I trust the data. Yeah. So, so it's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to tell my granddaughters, uh, at least tell my daughters that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and, and on that on that note, um, you mm-hmm. know, maybe later on another another time we'll talk about all the horrible things that we have to avoid because you know I have opinions on that too. But but every now right. and then I think it's fun to to sure. speculate and hope for the best. And and even yeah. like and I, as I said earlier, that you need to be prepared for the best of because course. even the, the best can be an enormous challenge that that is going to keep you really busy. Right. What if of you course, succeed is a question that I that I think people rarely ask. And it is sometimes really important to ask yourself. Well, Dr. Zhang, it, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. Super fun. W- w- you know, what is the best way to keep track of the work that you're doing? OK, so, uh, so the best way is to check my papers. Okay? Yes. And so whenever I publish something, you know, and so read that, if you have, if you have any question, it just call me. Okay. Fantastic. And I'm going to answer that. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And uh, and good luck with all of your research. And uh, I'll see you on Proxima Centauri. Sure. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. Care. See you there too. Yeah. Bye-bye. Now. Bye-bye.